happy holidays from all the gang here at Mom, I'm Making a Movie Podcast. We have a festive treat for you guys today. We've put together a Christmas movie bumper advent calendar. Ooh la la, as they say in France. So this is an advent calendar designed for you, the listener, to have 25 films over 25 days to maximize your Christmas viewing experience. This won't be your usual 10 best excess movies. Suspense with double lists going around. We should know we've pilfer them greatly for this advent calendar today basically we've picked 25 movies and placed them on dates from the 1st to 25th of december we'll explain uh, as we go along why we selected certain films for certain dates um, we'll also have a few christmases based to settle along the way on various christmas topics so that's the lay of the land we'll jump straight in um here's our first to the 5th of december movies that we're going to talk about Planes, Trains and Automobiles is the 1st of December. 2nd of December is Batman Returns. The 3rd of December is The Greatest Showman. The 4th is The Holiday. And the 5th is Love Actually. So that's phase one of our podcast cinematic universe. And I'm going to throw straight off to the guys here, my colleagues, my co-hosts, my comrades in arms, (laughs) Fergus and Gogan. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas on Merry the, Christmas, thank you. Twenty uh, seventh of November. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> don't don't ruin the mystique. <laughs> no, well, we have to get this done before the start of December. But look, I'm already in Christmas mode. Um, you know, we're wearing our Christmas jumpers. I'm wearing my Christmas jumper. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's funny that Butler is doing a podcast for a man who generally hates the festive season. Um, I'm just joking, Butler. We know you kind of love it these days, but I suppose going. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Let's just start off with that. What yeah, do you know about it? Why do uh, we use it, it number one? I think we use the number one as as you were saying, Fergus, in the, in the build up to the episode. It you know today or um, yesterday was Thanksgiving, um, and it's the uh, perfect movie to describe Thanksgiving. You know, Steve Martin, John Candy, two great actors, and work perfect in this. I I love it. It, you know, it was made in 1987. It still holds up today. I think you were watching it today, Farrag, weren't you? I actually watched it today, yeah. I was going to watch it last night because, yeah, as you said, it was, it was Thanksgiving in the States, but uh, I fell asleep. But I watched it today. Um, I was usually, this is why we kind of decided to put it as, as the first one, I suppose, because um, it is technically a Thanksgiving film. And as this is an Irish podcast, we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving. So, you know, I would usually, this would usually be one of my first films that I'd watch around the, around the Christmas period. Because, yeah, it's not technically a Christmas film, but it's a festive season film. I think, like... For me, Christmas really starts. The Christmas season starts in the first. It's it's like a month long thing, you know. It's it's the first of December until maybe this is the first, second of January. Um, but uh, I think yeah, obviously the Americans uh, their their festive season really starts obviously around Thanksgiving. Um, I love the film. I watched it today and I forgot, you know, how funny it was. I don't think I've watched it in two years. Usually I would watch it. Around. Maybe maybe I watch kind of like a little bit of you know the telly or whatever, but. I, you know, I'd say just to, just to point out like my favorite bit, it has to be when 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 they're like the wrong way on the on the road, and uh, you man is screaming for them to, to try and get them to, to turn around, and they're like, it's like he says we're going the wrong way. It's like, who is that guy? How would he know where we're going? It's like, oh yeah, you're right, you. And then they end up between the two trucks, and it just it's just like it's part of the reason why Home Alone. You know, we'll get to that eventually, but you know, they they like turn into skeletons as the sparks are flying when they're 
between the two trucks. And then he looks at John Candy and he's in this little shitty fucking uh, devil outfit. And he's just like looking at him. He's like, ah, ha, 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 just laughing at him as he's like staring him in the face. Uh, I, I just, I lost the plot of it. And they always do. Joker wants to race. Race? That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! You want something? Uh, he's probably drunk. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you. Thanks a lot. Terrific. Thank you. <laughs> what a moron. They're going in the wrong direction. You're going to kill somebody. down as my set I think um, I was, it was a question I was going to ask both of you like in terms of the planes, trains and automobiles what, what would be your your favourite part with both Steve Martin and John Candy I have that scene down as well I, I think it's one of the best <laughs> best best clips to have I suppose in, in any Christmas movie but what about you Butler do you have anything any any other points on that movie that are standouts just, just I completely agree. Like I love that scene. That <clears throat> I think it's about like seven minutes in total. From John Candy singing, well, I like, kind of mimed along to Ray Charles in the car while Steve Martin's asleep. Oh, fantastic soundtrack in the seatbelt. Um, it's just it's so funny. It's some of the best physical comedy ever. It might be my favorite comedy film, and it's as it's as sad as it is is funny yeah. at times as well. And yeah. you know, um. There's probably quite a few films in this list where I'm like it gets me a bit emotional, but it does get me a bit emotional. Look, it is tis the season though. It is the season, lads. You know, to the season uh, to, to cry and, and and ponder what what went wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I love I love playing stars and Automobiles so much, and I think they made the characters perfect. That they're the right amount on each scale. Like Steve Martin is not too neurotic. He's not too unbearable. He's just a guy having a bad day, and John mm. Candy is not so over the top, like irritating. Like probably like in Jude the way like Zach Alphanakis can border on just irritating. John Candy's yeah. like a perfect blend of like he's sweet and he's doing goofy things, but he's not like he's not just painful to watch. He, it, it's a brilliant kind yeah. of yeah, he's I, believable. I I that, yeah, yeah. Well, I can, I completely agree with that because like you hit the nail on the head there when you're saying like you know you're looking at Steve Martin and his parts where you're like you know, he's gone on a bit, like, I have to be in first class, and, like, uh, he's being an arsehole, but then you look on the other side of it where, you know, he gets out of the shower, there's no towels left, the place is a mess, 
Um, he has to use like little hand cloths to dry himself off because John Candy's fucking ruined everything. Um, and then you look at John Candy's side and you're like, you feel really bad for him, but then he does shit that you're like, Jesus, that would drive me wild. And it really reminded me, especially when they go to the motel, it really reminded me of our America trip with Butler. Myself, myself and Adam went on a road trip across the States and uh, it really reminded me of some certain situations when we were on the road or staying in shitty motels. The wrong side of the motorway. Yeah, yeah. Now we're going to New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The time we drove into like two trucks. Hilarious. <laughs> um, I think that's the nuts and bolts of playing the trains. Um, <clears throat> December second is Batman Returns, and I just kind of want, like uh, if anyone listens to any other movie podcast, Empire Magazine last year said that this was their favorite Christmas film, which I'm kind of like, you know, I feel it's a real particular taste um mm. and it's not one of my i don't like tim burton films per se so it's not one of my favorites um fergus i know you're a fan of it i'm a big fan of it like <clears throat> and but like the thing is i would never go as far as to say it's even in my top 10 christmas films like i just like the film itself i like i'm a fan i'm a fan of tim burton and i'm a fan of that film because those batman films were like mm. such a childhood thing for me um, the first one, the second one, even we're talking like going into um, Val Kilmer Batman to a certain degree, George Clooney is Batman. Like, I mean, it's it's like ridiculous now, but like when I was a kid, I loved it. I thought it was great. Do you know what I mean? I was so into superheroes as a child. And yeah, I just love, I love the the kind of set design of it. Like, and, and for those who haven't seen Batman and you're like, or Batman Returns, excuse me, and you're like, what the fuck is a Batman film doing in this for Christmas? First of all, we are going to go through the list and there's going to be films that aren't necessarily Christmas films, but they might be films that you watch at Christmas. And there's also ones that, again, you know, like Die Hard, that technically isn't classified at a as a Christmas film, but it is set at Christmas. And Batman Returns falls into that category where it's Christmas. There's this massive Christmas parade. It's, constantly snowing it's again like me, myself and you would have discussed this where it was like you know i love fi films at christmas that give me that cold feeling that it's constantly freezing in the film you're like oh i'm gonna sit inside and watch this film but it just it, i love everything from it like it's the constant like christmas uh like i think there's a scene with him and catwoman on the roof where she jumps on top of him and she's like too much mistletoe can be poisonous and, and like kind of cuts to these like random decorations on top of a high-rise building but um yeah, it's one of those ones. I think it's just a childhood film for me. Go, have you seen it, Gogan? Are you a fan of it? Or? No, I actually have. Um, it, and what, to, to what I put down was it's it just it's old school Batman. It's kind of nostalgic to me at, at this point. Um, and to be honest, when we were putting down our list, I kind of completely forgot that there is like Christmas references in in, the, in this movie. You know, it's um, yeah. it, it completely surprised me. And um, going back to Butler's point, I do agree. Um, I I wouldn't say it's the greatest movie i actually wouldn't i wouldn't even have it in a, a top 25 but it doesn't mean that i don't like it you know there's it's it, i think it's, it's yeah i mean i got to a point saying it's a, it's a decent to close enough great cast but uh, i watched the trailer back for it as well there just to kind of remind myself and oh my god batman has come so so far but yeah part of me kind of wishes i could go back to that kind of goofy kind of yeah. sort of of the Batman I mean, like, um, and the funny thing about that is, is like they were supposed to be darker films because obviously Michelle Pfeiffer was pushed out of the building and um, mm -hmm. she wore the line dies and like, remember the scene where the Michelle Pfeiffer becomes Catwoman cats are like actually nibbling on her fingers like biting her fingers and stuff I'm like Ugh. that always freaked yeah. me out like as a child I was like this film is dark as shit 
But now I'm like, damn, that's goofy. And like, I think that's funny. Like, they make reference to it in the in the Nolan Batman films as well, when he's originally kind of come up with his costume design, and he he makes reference to kind of like, I need to be able to move my neck. So they design it with kind of plates in the neck so he can move his neck around. Because if you look at Michael Keaton's Batman when he's fighting, no one can see me here, but his neck is is completely straight. Like he'll turn his fists and his body, but his neck and his head stay exactly the same place. And it's hilarious because it's like that is clearly that doesn't that's not gonna work for fighting crime. I don't know what does, I don't fight crime, but that just certainly doesn't. But it's um it's it, it's a great movie to have down early on in our Christmas twenty fourth because you know, Absolutely. it's a throwback to your past and, you know, it will get you in the mood for Christmas. One of those early movies, you know, you're like, yeah, all right, maybe I need a bit of a distraction. I'll just watch planes, trains, automobiles. Let's let's rock into Batman Returns and see where it goes. Yeah, and I think it sits better as a Christmas film if you're going to watch it any time of the year because the last mm-hmm. time I, I came across it, I saw it in a, a hotel room in Havana in Cuba. It was on at like two in the day. And <laughs> I was like, this sticks out like a sore thumb here. So it's much better at home in, in December. As, as Yeah, and I would say like a cold a cold December night, like exactly what I mean. It fits in with that because it's constantly snowing. Yeah. It's constantly nighttime. And, and there's Christmas decorations in every scene. Like it's in, the penguin gets thrown out into the sewers as a child because he's deformed and it's done in a setting as it's Christmas in his house in the Cobblepot residence. But look, moving, moving on from Batman, we could talk about it forever, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wait for our um, Batman special. Yeah, yeah, Batman forever. But I will take the 3rd of December, if that's all right, Adam. Sure, yes. remember, remember I've, I've been, the 3rd of December. What, what yeah. is the 3rd of December? That's that's a really good question. What What is the 3rd of December? Oh, yes, it is my birthday. The best day of the year. So I, I, the, the lads were lucky, or they were kind enough to say, you know what, Gogan, we'll let you pick the movie for, for your birthday. Now, I've picked an absolute gem of a movie here that I believe all of our listeners will love. Um, <clears> the Greatest <throat> Showman. Fantastic. Mm. The sing along podcast. I don't know if you can hear it. Give us what you love about it. Go on. I was just going to say, you can probably hear the grunts from both Adam and Fergus there because they're not fans of The Greatest Shaman. Look, I I love it. It's a real pick me up movie. Um, It's a movie that does be on over Christmas, you know, Christmas Day, uh, Stevenson's Day. You'll always see it on one of the channels, but it's great. It's it's one of those movies I'd sit down anytime over the 25 days and watch it I actually have down here so sit down put my circus ringleader costume on and I'm more Hugh Jackman as strangely <laughs> sexual <laughs> only if you make it out to me Adam <laughs> and what does Kira what does Kira says as then as with your I assume this is it I assume this is some sort of kinky uh, sex situation well Kira's actually never fully Kira, Kira's never fully seen the um movie so that's really important. what's what's yeah. her what's her opinion on it well she th- this is the point i was saying to her I was like oh do you remember the greatest shaman she goes i've never seen the greatest shaman i was like we watched this in your house mm. oh no i don't remember it so obviously she doesn't remember it too well if she's saying something like that but um honestly i i hate musicals i absolutely hate musicals and this i love so 
you could read into that what you want, but look, uh, you know, I look, I'm, I, like I don't have too much to say on it because I look, I personally, I haven't seen the film, so I can't, I, like, in good conscience, give too much of a review on it. I've seen the trailer, I've seen clips. It doesn't look like my bag. Let's say I'm not a, a massive musical fan. There's certain musicals that I do like. Um, I like, you know, I'm a big Grease fan. Um, but like, there's certain musicals that I would like. I think it's a film that maybe if it caught me at the right time and it wasn't the telly, I could be enthralled by it. But I mean, that's, I like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, no, this is the thing. Like, I like Hugh Jackman. I, I, you know, I like him singing as well. I, I actually quite enjoyed Le Mis. Um But I, I don't know. Him. I just you hated Le Mis. Well, there you go. Look, yeah, two sides. That's what I. That's what I mean. Like you know, like, I hate musicals, and I was like, oh, I just, I but, just think it's it just looked a little too cheesy and a little too cutesy and nice for my liking. It's a little bit too like. <laughs> That's the American scribble. <laughs> I've never heard that description before. And, and your laugh, your laugh uh, tells me you know exactly what my giggle means. Um, I give it a few fairly giggles out of five. <laughs> you, you, you've seen the film. Give me, give me what you think of it. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, really. Like, and I, I'd be the same as you. I'm kind of like some musicals I like, some I don't. Maybe, maybe it just didn't catch me on the right day or something. Maybe it's my. <sighs> I'm so so on Hugh Jackman. Uh, so, and then like the main thing about musicals is maybe this is just me, but I want like I want the catchy tunes. There's one song in The Great Shaman I liked, and the rest I can't remember for the life of me. I can remember mm-hmm. songs from La La Land, Grease, Rocky Horror Picture Show, whatever. But I and I've only seen you know some of them once. So yeah, I yeah. and I uh, the Great Shaman ones just don't. Um, I can't remember them, so I just know that one, and it's um, and I can't remember the lyrics to it. Yeah, it's I like mean, I, the woman singing at the start. It's the most popular one. Give us a give us a chorus of a code. That chance because I was going to come <laughs> in and say I knew you had to bring in La La Land. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to get away with the third of December if he does not bring up La La Land. Um, <laughs> you did, but no, the, the soundtrack. I I I love the soundtrack, but I suppose. Yeah, overall, maybe there's there's not as many kind of banging hits as maybe other new skills, but that that just means it's there's a better story going on in the actual uh, movie itself. But it looks, in my opinion, right, it looks like a musical. I, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't really be making these assumptions. <laughs> but it looks it looks like a musical watered down children's version of Water for Elephants. If you've ever seen that film. Yeah, I just know. No, no, it's not. I know our like, listeners aren't going to be happy with this, so. Um, I, I it just doesn't seem like it has much of a. Doesn't have much of a story, and you know what the thing is? It remind like it probably isn't, but it reminds me of, and like I've said this so many times, like um, off off uh, the show, um, but I I don't like Moulin Rouge, and it's something that a film that gives me a headache, and I feel like that is just. It reminds me of that film, and I think maybe it's it's really put me off watching it. I'm shaking my head here, but uh, has Nicole seen it? Uh, no, actually, no. Mm, I don't think I don't think she'd like it. Like Nicole's a weird one in the fact that, like, like you know, she's a massive musical fan. She loves Greece. She like, but I don't know. I think she's in the same bracket as me. She's like, no, it seems too childish. And don't take offense to that. I can see Sorry, her face. No. Your lip, is, your lip is quivering under that Movember moustache. 
<laughs> and I don't mean to upset you, but I don't know. It's like, upsetting our listeners, Fergus, not me. I, I could be wrong. I, I guarantee it's probably going to be on the television over Christmas. And you know what? I'll give it a bash. I, look, please, I'm please, not, please I, I don't want to be too much of a hypocrite. If, if, it's, if it's bad, I'll be back on the slate even more. Or to apologise to me. And our listeners. Unlikely, but okay. Uh, no, I don't know, but look, we'll move off that because we're just going to yeah, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> we're moving. Well, do you want to take on. December? 4th? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're moving swiftly on to December fourth, and after kind of two films I don't like, I'm happy to be back in the loving embrace of the holiday, a film I I quite quite enjoy. Um, you know, Jude Law, Carmen Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jack Black, a nice quartet there to work with. Uh, saw an interview with Jude Law recently I was like yeah, he seems like a lovely man and the main reason I like this film is how wintry and wonderful Kate wins this little cottage looks in it and it actually kind of like makes you think like it's set between you know the small little cottage in England and this mansion in LA and like you're like I'd actually take the cottage in England for this like wintry festive, festive time over the mansion in LA and uh, yeah, I'd be glad the I'd, uh, if Jude Law wants to join me, we'll have a glass of wine. <laughs> we'll see what happens. The, are, are you <laughs> saying you take that to live in, or you take that that wintry cottage for one month out of twelve? Oh, one month, like no, like even like two days out yeah. of like three hundred sixty-five. Um, just at the height it's of for Christmas. Christmas time. Yeah, the rest of time I'd be out. I think it's like is it Cornwall or something? Or like rest time, like. Sorry if any of the listeners in Cornwall, but I'd be out of there. So if it's not Cornwall, I even apologise even more. But um, <laughs> yeah. it's nothing on Crumlin, wherever that may be. Um, <laughs> Gogan, you haven't yeah. you haven't seen it, is that right? I haven't seen it, but um, my fiance was raving on about this, and I told her we were putting this uh, advent calendar together, and she was like, "That better make the twenty-five. And she's already. I would, it, to be honest, it, it, I didn't get her to finish the trek, but I'm sure that's where she was going with it. But um, <laughs> no, she's she's already told us that we're going to be watching uh, this over the course of Christmas. So, uh, in fairness, I watched the trailer today. It, it looks, it actually looks all right. You know, it looks like a good Christmas movie to kind of get you, kind of get you pumped up for it. And it's a great you you hit it on there, great cast. Like, and it's not the last holiday of Queen Latifah. Which is very easy to mix up, but which yeah, we won't do that. Also, also horrible film. Fergus, I know you were uh, anti uh, the holiday here. Um, yeah, um, I I've, I haven't seen it all the way through, and the reason I haven't seen it all the way through is because I didn't like it. But um, look, I, I can't deny it's great cast, but great cast doesn't mean great film, as we know with uh, certain films out of the furnace. E.g., um, I love Jack Black. Usually in anything, really, uh, I think he's. He just gets better and better, um, especially with the advent of him having his Instagram. But yeah, I don't know. It's a little bit too, and I'm trying to think of what this quote was from. A little bit too cheesy, boy, for my liking. Um, and I can't remember what that's from. It might be from Hot Fuzz. But yeah, it's just not. It's just not my cup of tea. It's a little bit too soppy, in, in my opinion. Just and not in a good way. Do you know what I mean? I like I like yeah. rom coms, but it's just not my. It's not my cup of tea at all. You know, I, and yeah, a great cast, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was just like this is a lot of mirrors. That's fair enough. Like to be honest, there, there there always will be movies that you know one of us won't like for those reasons. Um, like I, I I think the next one we have for December fifth is 
a, a, the same type of movie, but it's one that we all agree on. And I think it's, yeah, like, I, I, to be honest, when it first came out, so I'll just introduce it first. Um, Love Actually. Uh, it's when a movie came out first, I actually didn't like it. <laughs> um, then just kind of watched it, I think it was a couple of years ago, and then I've watched it every year since. I'm absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies now at, at this point. Um, but what do you think of Love Actually? You, you agree? Yeah, well, in my notes here, I just have written down love it, love it, love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> It's a fantastic film. I've seen it. I've gone to the cinema to see it. Um, not when it came out, but like recently. Watch every Christmas. Another unbelievable cast. There's so much to like. Because you could watch it like, you know, eight times in eight years. And if you focus each time on maybe a different plot, it almost kind of keeps it that bit fresher each time you watch it. It doesn't seem... There's always kind of something new to take away from it. I've, I've here in my notes... I think this might be the first film to make Hugh Grant likable among men. I think every movie before, <laughs> your Notting Hills or whatever, people are like, you're bringing me to see that fucks films again? No, thank you. Yeah. Well, this is where you're like, you see him dancing to the Pointer Sisters and you're like, you know what? He probably isn't in real life, but the, the character right now is like, this is a guy I want to hang out with. This is a prime minister Irish people could like. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he humanizes the, the prime minister, I think. Because he's a fucking he's a <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And um, what's that And just uh, uh, the music is brilliant. Then uh, you um, plays Sorry. Sorry, I think it might be behind you there. Apologies, we are doing this remotely. Uh, I think my sound might be a little bit behind. So, Adam, if you could continue what you're saying. Sure, sorry. Yeah, we're all remote in in the North Pole, working away on our podcast. Um. Yeah, um, the music's brilliant, and we're going to talk a little bit about our favourite kind of romance of sorts in, in the films. Uh, mine is Colin Firth with Aurora, I want to say her name is. Maybe I'm wrong with that off the top of my head. Um, yeah, that was a brave pronunciation there. I, stay, I, I didn't write her name down on that basis. I'm not making a film myself again. <laughs> um, and obviously the, where he goes to to the restaurant in the end to kind of propose where the music's great. Very funny with the sister and the dad as well, the banter between them as they're walking in. Like, this, this Englishman wants to buy Aurora. Um, it's very funny. Um, Gogan, what's your favourite uh, love Mine is, romance in it? It's, yes, like Hugh Grant is the Prime Minister and he falls in love with the uh, the secretary at, at the time. And um, probably an, an, another shout out to... Um, to Billy Bob Thornton, who plays the uh, American president in it. I think he plays him to a T. Yeah, yeah. Very, very believable American president. But, uh, yeah, I just love, I kind of just love how that kind of clip, that that story comes together. Now, again, that was the story that I took away from last time I watched it. But I'm sure, Mm. like, I have a a close second is Colin Firth. You know, like, it's... It's perfect. You said the music's so good, and at the end, uh, when he goes and meets the father and the other sister, it's just brilliant. Um, Ferg, I, I, I'm going to pass it over to you because I do have another point that I want to say, but it, it's more of the sadder story side of things. So I want to get your uh, fav- favorite story. <clears throat> well, you know, look, just to make a point on the film, I, I only saw it, I'd say, I, I feel like it's maybe two years ago now. Um, I was 
a naysayer for a long time. Um, and I I reluctantly liked the film. Because like when I watched it, Nicole maybe watched it and I was like, damn, that actually was pretty good. Um, again, I would it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like in my top top films, but I do think it's a it's a it's a fantastic film. Uh, in terms of Christmas films, I'm I'm you know I have a different idea of what I like about Christmas films, but it's fantastic, and I will not take away from that. And as I said, I was a nice air for a long time, and I was angry that I liked it, but I loved it. Um, <clears throat> I think my favorite romance in it has to be, <laughs> and it's a bit of a weird one, which is Bill Nye's character and and his uh, his manager. Because it's it's this little comedy part, and it's like it's just this kind of like it's this ongoing situation while all the other ones are happening. You know, he's just he's trying to plug because Bill Nye's hilarious in it, and he's just like you know he's on. I think his best line has to be when he's on the um, he's on like the telly promoting his new album, and he's with Anton Deck. <laughs> and I don't know which one it was because I'm just laughing at what he said, but he was like, say it was Ant that says to him, you know, uh, oh, no, you're going to tell us about your new album. Thank you, Ant or Deck. <laughs> and uh, and I just love this kind of like I love the kind of relationship because he's just like he's there talking to him and he's just like he's like uh, and what are you gonna do for your Christmas? It's uh, like well, if this album fails, I'm gonna be probably sitting home with my fat manager, ugliest man I've ever met, <laughs> just like, talking about him on air. And then it gets to the end of the film. And he gets, you know, it's so funny because, you know, if, if he gets the number one, he gets invited to uh, Elton John's Christmas party and he goes on the phone live and, like, you know, it's like, oh, yes, Elton, I'll be there. And uh, his manager's there in his little tiny little flat uh, watching the telly. And I, I love the, the guy who plays the manager as well. He plays Rob C. Nesbeth, the hilarious Scottish sitcom. But, uh, and he just shows up. And he's like, he could be off, like, as he says, banging all these women, doing all this coke at Elton John's party. But he goes back and he has Christmas with his, his manager. And I thought it was really heartwarming. Do you know what I mean? I, I felt yeah. like a little... And, and his manager get, gets a little teared up about it because all he does is insult him the whole way through. But he's been with him his entire career. And he realises that, you know what? This man is actually the closest thing I have to a real friend. And I thought that was quite nice. Really enjoyed that part. It's a yeah, no, it's a lovely. There's not there's not too many stories in it I don't like. And going, I know you're talking about the sadder one in it. Do you want to jump on onto that? Yeah, oh. t- thanks for bringing it. Thanks for bringing me back. And I presume we all agree here. It's the Alan Rickman. Um, the, I wouldn't even say sad. I say angry. Disappointing. Uh, so, yeah, it's because like we all love Alan Rickman as a as a as an uh, actor. You know, like you don't want him to be playing a bit of a dick character, and his wife comes across so so nice in the movie as well. He's just like, oh, but that it's the scene where he buys the um, it's the, the jewelry, and she sees him, and she's like, oh yes, um, she's expecting a great Christmas present, and come Christmas Day, she doesn't get. It. I was like, oh my god, gets that poxy oh. Johnny Mitchell CD. Yeah, I was like, that's that's really that hurts. hurts, like that hurts. But apart from, but again, it's another great story that they've included in the in the movie. And I yeah, I didn't like that. Like it seems like she like basically took like she's prepared to take him back. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, don't be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I understand. I understand. Look, you're in a relationship. You know, you're you're married, and some people stick it out for the kids. But you know, God, I I, I my heart. Uh, like broke for 
And Emma Thompson, you have to say, um, plays it so, so well. Um, you can you can really see the the disappointment and the heartbreak in her, and yeah. it's just it's very human, it's very real. Do you know what I mean? And 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 you're just you're just so angry at Alan Rickman. It's like you're a fucking bastard. Like what is wrong with you? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're really really angry about it. And and you wonder he cheats her. Yeah, look, she's she's dull up in the film. Not even that great. I'd, uh, Not even that great. I'd love. Mar- I'd love. Team Russian. Sorry, Ferg, I was just going to say, I, I would have loved to actually watched uh, Love Actually with you for the first time because, like, your, your point there being like, oh, no, no, I didn't really want to watch it. But, like, how invested you, you sounded there in that last uh, that last point. I was oh. like, I'd say you're, you're on the edge of your seat. I'd say, it's like, oh, you bastard, Alan Rickman. How dare oh, you say angry, that? Yeah, yeah. I watched it, I watched it in, in Canada um, over, the, over the Christmas period with Nicole. Like, <clears throat> she was so excited because she watches it every single year. And she was just so excited to show me. And I was like, you know, I'm rolling my eyes, going like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be crap. Like, I was like, we're watching Home Alone after this. You know what I mean? Like something. Yeah. Or like, you know, we're watching like Die Hard or something. Even though she likes Die Hard. But um, yeah, I, honestly, yeah, I, you're right. It was. It was such a reluctance. But um, and, and uh, like, even after I watched it, I was like, yeah, that was grand. It was all right. Like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I hid my love for the film. But as I said, yeah, look, I think I think I have my, my love of... Uh, Bill Nye's character, I just think he's hilarious. I think he's, he's so funny through the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's overall one one of the best movies um, over the last couple of years that's come. You know, there never really is that many new Christmas releases, but I think, and I suppose it's it still feels new to me, but it, it's not a new movie, if you know what I mean. Why, like, it, I still, what before we finish up on it? What what year was it? You know, you think all the notes are four, three, something like that. Is it? I could search here um, because I 2003 yeah, yeah. this is going to sound weird yeah I just remember it, like because you know as you said like Anton Deck were in it but I don't remember was it a young Anton Deck or was it like a it's a young oh yeah like, it's when they're like, like they're, they had their talk show at the time or whatever it was yeah, like they, they were still they, yeah they were still like TV presenters in the, in the fact that they had like a, wow. a show on like Channel 4 of you know um, not not like doing like like be, like fucking I'm a slab or anything like that. Like, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I just I don't know. I keep thinking back to thank you, Ant. It's um, two thousand and three. Yeah, two thousand three. Yeah, yeah. Did you know? Did you know? Love actually, Ron Atkinson in it is supposed to be a guardian angel of sorts, and they kind of edited down his stuff. It's supposed to be like a love guardian angel throughout the film. Really. Yeah, there's only it's only really relevant at the end where he kind of cloaks the kid to get him through security, so he can run and, and tell the girl he loves her. And the only other time you kind of see him is when he's wrapping Alan Rickman's present. But I think the point is he's trying to be so slow that I think he's trying to give Alan Rickman enough time to re- to reconsider what he's doing or get or get him caught. Either or, yeah, mm. it's angel. Yeah. It was it, it was it was very that was a hyperly frustrating scene as well. I was like, mm-hmm. even though I'm not up for Alan Rickman, even though I wanted him to get caught, you're like, wrap the fucking present, hurry up! <laughs> just, I, just a moment more, sir. <laughs> the only the only the only thing I don't like about the film, and we'll wrap up with actually, Sam, is 
the only negative story, I just think it just doesn't click, is, you know, Laura Linney's story with her brother, and he's mentally ill, and she wants to date mm. the American co-worker. And, like, the yeah. suburb, it's very, it's very sad. Um, but she just, she's the only part of the film, and maybe it's because she's American, she just sticks out. Her story doesn't really s- kind of seem in with the rest of it. She does think, as, as you said, it's not a bad scene. It's not like it's not bad as in, like, you know, it's well acted. She's good. Um, but I feel like you're right. I feel like that could be like maybe like a film on its own. Um, and I think the reason it does stick out like a sore thumb is because she's American. Because it's it it is so British. Like Marching McCutcheon, like it's so like you know that whole part of it. Hugh Grant. It's so and you know actually uh, the one that really gets forgotten for me was is um is uh, thing from The Walking Dead. Um, Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln, yeah, and it's so mad because I loved The Walking Dead at a time when I went off it, but um, looking back and I'm like, oh my god, look at Andrew Lincoln being all British and clean shaven, and Keira Knightley is 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 beautiful in it, and Chichvall uh, Everger is in it. He's completely forgot that. I really want to go and watch it now because I'm like, you can remind me. We haven't even touched on Liam Neeson as well with his his stepson and kind yeah. of dealing with grief and love and just mum or. Something else. Hmm? Maybe school? Are you being bullied? Or is it something worse? Can you give me any clues? No? You really want to know? I really want to know. Even though you won't be able to do anything to help. Even if that's the case, yeah. Okay. Well, truth is, actually, I'm in love. Sorry? I know I should be thinking about Mum all the time, and I am. But the truth is, I'm in love. And I was before she died, and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Aren't you a bit young to be in love? No. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I mean, I'm a little relieved. Why? But because I thought it would be something worse. Worse than the total agony of being in love. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah, total agony. Uh, so before we actually jump into our next uh, segment of five films, um, I'm going to put a question to the lads, and we might do this every every five films. We're going to throw in like a, a Christmas themed uh, question. Um, I want to know what the lads. Favorite bar in a uh, selection box is uh, we all love selection boxes. Now I'll get back to myself a little bit because I have a a bit of a point to make about it. But I want to hear Gogan. What would your what would your favorite like you you get your selection box on Christmas Day? What are you going for first? Yeah, well, when I was a kid, it, it was the, the curly whirly because the, the bar was gigantic, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm having that. No one else is having that. Well. If my dad got to the selection box first, the curly whirly be gone. But if he didn't, I was getting that curly whirly. Um, I feel like they've gone a bit down over the years, you know, like like most things, uh, like most chocolate bars size wise. But uh, <laughs> the world's gone to shite, <laughs> and it started but, with the selection box. <laughs> um, no, if if I was to have a backup option, and this is going to sound a bit boring, but it'd be a whisper. Um, now I don't know if they still do whispers in majority because I know whisper took a break 
from production and now it's come back. But mm. that they're, they're my two faves. I'm not going to dwell on it too long. So, Butler, I'll pass it back over, over to you. Favourite chocolate bar? Um, so, it depends. I like getting the Galaxy-only selection boxes. Oh. And the salted caramel in it is delicious. Um, but if it was one of the, if it's a selection box you get off a relative that doesn't really like it, um, it'd probably be like the really tin, kind of just basic dairy milk ones. I just think they're really nice. So yeah. it, would, it would be a toss up between the two of them or just a tin of celebrations. Oh, interesting. Going for the tin. Okay, hold on. First of all, <clears throat> I just want to go back to. Uh, I had points to make, but you've just, it's gone out the window. Um, <laughs> uh, first of all, I mean, uh, your comment about the the Galaxy uh, selection box and uh, getting sent, what I assume you meant was getting sent a Cadbury selection box by a relative that doesn't like you. Okay, uh, apparently Adam sits in an ivory tower with a, a gold-plated room where he eats his Galaxy chocolate selection boxes. But like the rest of the normal humans are... Maybe maybe the, the gremlins that live in the sewers, apparently, the butler. Uh, mm-hmm. Cadbury's selection boxes, and I'm sure Golden agrees with me here, the Cadbury yes. selection boxes. Um, and, and my point was going to be is that, like, look, you get, and it's vastly different bars in each. The smaller one is where you get your little thin, which is, it, for some reason, it's delicious. The little thin dairy milk is delicious. It's not my favourite one. Oh. I like Slightly losing Fergus here. Okay, um, in the smaller uh, one, I go for it. Put off. Um, uh, yeah. The Zoom, the Zoom call is disagreeing with Fergus's comments on the selection box. <laughs> I like a double decker, and I'm not a big nougat fan, but I like the crunchiness of it. I like the chocolate, all of that. Uh, on the larger selection boxes, I'm between two, which would be, and I know this is the thing about chocolate, right? Is that you can put stuff in so many variations, and I'll fall for it. Like, like the wafer thin. Dairy milk, for some reason, tastes different to the chunky dairy milk. Like Coke out of a glass bottle tastes superior to any other Coke out of any other bottle or can or whatever. Um, I like um, twirls and I like flakes. And I know a twirl is literally just a flake with chocolate on the outside. But I'm a big fan of flake. Massive fan of flake. An underrated bar, but you have to admit the Galaxy selection box is unbelievable. But I'm still disgusted about it. <laughs> no, I won't. I, I have to. I have to admit that um, I, I should apologise to our viewers of of Adam's bourgeois grandiose that he has apparently yeah. with his fucking well, well, I wanna, I wanna say, Galaxy selection boxes. I mean, look, remind me never to give you a selection box anyway. Well, uh, not that he obviously hates me giving me a fucking Cadbury selection box. Yeah, it's like the Titanic. I would imagine the Cadbury selection boxes are like the, all the Irish dancing at the bottom of the hole, you know, and the, the Galaxy selection boxes are, you know, the nice fine dining. And I, okay, I have you, to think if you ask me, go I take them in a tin because I live with old people and everything's in a tin. So that that's how I take my chocolates. Well, that's, a different, that's a different beast altogether. Like tins, tins are a different beast altogether. Like, yeah, that is that is true. That that you know, that's we're going to keep this quite simple and just uh, keep it to the selection boxes at the moment. There, Adam, because you're, you're yeah, yeah. No more. enough controversy on on this uh, segment. But look, no more tins. I, move on to the next films. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. All I'll say is before we move on to the next movies, look, any of the listeners will throw up a quick. Uh, uh, a, a quick vote there and, and you can let us know what, what your favourite chocolate bars are um, Oh, a North Pole 
Uh, and uh, oh, uh, there you go. And on, on on that point, we'll move on to our next five movies. So welcome back. Moving swiftly on from that debacle with the chocolate bar, where um, Adam Butler has uh, revealed himself as as one of the elite. Um, we're going to move on to our uh, six to ten picks. Um, for this one, we were going with something a little bit more fun. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the first five were kind of more of a, a mix. Uh, there were some films that were really festive some not so much. Um, and we're trying to place these kind of earlier in, this, in, in, in the month because you kind of want to build yourself up. You don't want to blow your Christmas load too early either. So, you know, we're going to get to that eventually. But I'm going to kick it off at number six with Bad Santa. Then we're going to move to Trading Places. The night before, number eight, number nine, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, excuse me, and uh, ten, Catch Me If You Can. So there is uh, mostly, mostly um, Christmas films in there. They're either based at Christmas or very Christmassy films, um, in, in, excluding Catch Me If You Can, which is based around Christmas. Um, but when we get to our next segment, uh, that will make a little bit more sense of why it's at number ten. So, Gogan, I want you to start us off with Bad Santa and what you think. Ah, thanks, thanks, Ferg. Um, yeah, Bad Santa. It's <laughs> it, it, funny enough. It's it's not your classic kind of Christmas movie, but for some reason it always does get me in the mood for Christmas as well. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. I've already given him a shout out here on this episode, but God, he's so good in this. He's obviously he makes it. Like it's 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 so good uh, I, I remember actually I did watch this the first time and I was like ah oh. I don't know what I was expecting but I was kind of like oh no this isn't that good and I, I said to myself I was like no you, you just you weren't expecting that type of movie sat back down I think it was a week later watched the whole thing and I was like yeah it's 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 up there I don't know if I'd have a top five but it's actually um, jump jumping in and around that area again I'll just give him another shout out like Hopefully, we'll be able to play a clip of some of his best parts in it because there's there's numerous parts. But Buller, I presume I know you're a big uh, Billy Bob Thornton fan as well. Anything further to say on on Bad Santa? Not too much. I mean, it's just it's great. It's endlessly quotable. It's just it's so funny. I really doesn't give a shit. Like it's um, it's a very it's a very original film in that way. Me and Fergus uh, went to see the sequel with such high oh. hopes, and it was uh, just a smorsion of a film. Like I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it at all. Like what makes the first one so great is the kid has this unbelievable innocence about him, and it makes Billy Bob Thornton's gruffness and meanness so funny as a kind of contrast between the two. <laughs> sequel, the kids all grown up, and you're kind of just like, it just comes off as this really like dumb drunken adults that Billy Bob Thornton has very poorly raised and you're like like you don't want to see past the first film to see this because it's not funny mm. it's pathetic yeah no I totally agree like <clears throat> I remember seeing that with you and I was like such high hopes for it and I think not only like you make a great point about the kid but I think what I hated about it the most was um, what I don't like about kind of recent comedies is that they try too hard to make it relevant like there was all this like you know it was, it was like a rave scene and all this dance music and all this and like this is such a desperate attempt to to connect with um with the, with the kids of today like i was like 
this is awful. And it, it just, it went nowhere. The best thing about the first one is it's just so simple. And I think, I think films like Bad Santa to get a sequel, uh, it just ruins it. Because in a way, Bad Santa feels like an, almost like an indie film. Like it seemed low budget. It seemed like there wasn't a lot to it. Um, and <laughs> I just don't know where they were going. They just got all this money because the film didn't, it's one of those films that did better than they expected to. They got all this money out of it and then they pumped it into this massive sequel and I was like, no, you completely ruined us. But look, you know, we're talking about the sequel a bit too much than the actual film itself. Go back to the film itself. <laughs> it's just fantastic. It's, it's hilarious. And it is one of those films that like I saw on the TV uh, really randomly and I've like, like this idea in my head that Christmas films stopped being good in the 90s. They just haven't made a good Christmas film in a long time. And we will get to one that was more recent that is good, but it's a rarity lately. Um, but Bad Santa is hilarious. Like, there's just so many just quotable lines in it. It's dirty. It's gritty. Like, I mean, he's cursing at kids. He's a drunk. Um, but it's also very heartfelt. You know, it's like, you know, he he ha- he he gets this genuine affection for this kid and genuine care for the kid, and there's a heartwarming end to it. Um, weird though that like he's John Ritter and uh, Bernie Mac. Uh, when I was last time I was watching it, and this might be very morbid, but I was like, damn, they they're both dead. They both had heart attacks. Like they're like two of the main characters in the film. It's like Jesus, and they're and they're brilliant. Bernie Mac is fantastic. Uh, I you know I love his scene where they're they're trying to make a deal, and he's like, have. But look, we could talk for everybody. Do you want to, does anyone want to make any final points on Bad Santa before we move off it? I think we can all collectively agree one one of our favorite favorite movies. Jesus. Santa? What? I was gonna make some sandwiches. I could make you one before you leave. Listen, kid, I, I don't know. I I mean I, I got shit to do and everything. Okay, make me some sandwiches. I gotta go to the mall and talk to somebody, and I'll be back. For dinner? Yeah, that's what I said, yeah. How many sandwiches do you want? Uh, a bunch. How much lettuce do you want? I, I don't know, the usual amount. Whatever the hell people do, just whatever you think. Okay. Yeah, so on December the 7th, we've gone for a classic here. Trading Places, um, one of my favorite Christmas movies. God, I think I've said that now for most of the movies that we've we've, we've listened to. <laughs> yeah. This has to be my all time <laughs> favorite. Whatever I said before, I, I lied. Yeah. This is my favorite. I lied. <laughs> but I actually, as I was saying to you guys yesterday, I only watched this last night. Um, I think it's, I, I think you said a fair Eddie Murphy at his peak. Um, oh, yeah, peak Eddie Murphy, peak Eddie Murphy, yeah. peak Eddie Murphy, and like, I think great cast, but. I I, re, I I was watching last night and I really appreciated Jamie Lee's Curtis's uh, character in it because, you know, <laughs> well, I think we all appreciate that. But um, no, she's like in terms of a character, like she kind of, you know, she saves, she saves your man, and mm-hmm. yeah, just she comes off like really well and really smart as well, a, a good business plan. But look, that's me reading into it too much. But overall. I absolutely love it. It holds up so well in um, oh, in terms yeah. of like in terms I mean, of the movie, but 
You saw right. She she nails the the hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think what Dan Aykroyd's Santa in a for the few minutes he Santa is up there with my favorite Santas. Oh my god, he's, he's fantastic. He's so good. I was watching it with um, I was watching it with Kira last night. Kira fell asleep and she woke up to me like kind of laughing, crying at, at that scene because I just forgot how funny, funny he is. And then she was like, "Yeah, right. I was like, I was just trying to explain what was going on." But um, you, you're right; it's it's definitely up there, one of the best scenes. But um, very good. Any any other kind of scenes in it that that resonate with you? It's just like so so many, so many, so many. But if I could cut it down, I mean, like. Look, look, as you said, Goggin, it's peak Eddie Murphy. Like, it was what, 1983, I think it was. Um, at, Like, like this is a running team, but I, I love the 80s. I love 80s films. I love films set in the 80s. I love anything to do with it. Um, but, uh, like, even just the opening scene where he's pretending to be blind and that, that his legs are gone and the cops stop him. And, you know, they're asking him, it's like, what happened to your legs? And he's like, I was in Vietnam. And uh, they're like, oh, yeah, so was I. And he's like, yeah, I was in Special Forces. Uh, Green Beret, uh, Super Secret, uh, and he goes on, he lists, yeah, Airborne, and he goes on, lists about <laughs> eight things, and then they pick him up, he's like, I can see, I can see, and then his legs work, and everything, he's pretending to be legless, but I, it's just pretty, and the, the evolution of his character into, like, this arrogant arsehole, like, when they make him into the, 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 the this, this, um, like, CEO of their company, um, yeah. he, he, his character, like, he still has this confidence and the wit that he had, but his, his character completely changes. He becomes this, his demeanor becomes this like asshole. And it's, I think it's a real like pointed view of like what like position and wealth does to people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what, because what he was this white, money can do to yeah. yeah, he was this wise crack and street guy. And I think, <laughs> do you know what, right? This is going to sound mad, but I think the scene that stood out to me most, and like this thing, I don't like, you were saying like it holds up today. It does hold up in the sense of like, it's still hilarious. It's still a great film, but I just don't think like stuff like that will fly anymore. Like, I don't think Eddie Murphy pretending to be blind, pretending to be crippled, will fly today. And they openly use the N word in the film as well. Yeah, openly. And there's like, a there's a blackface moment in it at the end as well. Which is there a blackface uh, moment? Can, yeah, I completely forgot about it. Uh, oh, Dan, Dan Aykroyd is Jamaican. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, oh my god, I completely now, forgot. That's what I'm saying. It, it seems like that won't be made. But it's a good point. Eddie Murphy is in it as well. So like it's. It'd be interesting to see what Eddie Murphy made of that, if you know mm. what I mean. If you could go, it's, go it, and ask yeah. him, it's like, did you feel uncomfortable? Um, it's just that scene where they go into the bathroom and they're like, you know, oh, here's your one dollar, you won the bet. And he's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to take your man back on with Stan Aykroyd's yeah. character? And he's like, no, after his shit show, we won't take him back on. He's like, will we, will we keep him as, as the CEO? And he's like, I'm not... It's, uh, I don't have a, an N-word uh, running my company. And I was like, Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they just come right out with that. My last point I make on it is, which is quite funny, which is is that the two brothers obviously they go broke, um, over what happens. Duke, in Duke and Duke, Duke and Duke, uh, but then they make an appearance in another Eddie Murphy film, uh, which I always thought was hilarious, um, which I also love, which is coming to America, uh, where he throws a load of money oh, to uh, to to homeless people, and uh, they come out from underneath the the kind of rubbish and it's the two Duke brothers and they're like homeless because of what happened and he tossed away his money in, in coming, coming to America and he's just like says to his brother it's like we're back because they got this like bundle of money from him and I love that they do this little cameo and it's the same people yeah Eddie Murphy is playing like some prince from an African country what's your what's your take on it anyway Bunner? 
I love Trend Lace. It's a classic. It's, uh, there's nothing I can't say to you guys haven't already articulated very well about it. Um, I won't, I often wonder, like, when I watch it, I was like, I wonder how that would go in real life. I imagine a homeless man would stab some some white person. But aside from aside from that, I, I don't I don't know how well it would it would fly. <laughs> it's a great sociological um, study. Um, as a film, it's very interesting. Uh, Dan Aykroyd just like snowballs so fast, doesn't he? Mm, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's great. And the the butler in it, Denholm Elliott, who was also in the Indiana Jones movies. Like yeah, I think they're the only two things I know him in because these are the only like so he just pops up at Christmas every year and then he kind of just disappears and comes up again. He, he seems like a really good actor as well. Absolutely, hundred percent. And like it is, it's one of those ones I think that it'll be forever. Um, like regardless of its its you know place and time, and maybe it might not fit what's going on in the world right now, but <laughs> it's just a, it's a classic film. As I said, like the height of Eddie Murphy, the height of Eddie Murphy. But like moving on from there, um, a film that we all uh, love here, um, the three of us I think voted for this, and, I, and I'll just let you know, like in a system of how we voted on how this came in, um, if three of us had voted for the same film, we, we all built a, a big list. The three of us had the same film, it automatically went in. Um, if two of us uh, voted for the same film, it automatically went in because it was a two-to-one vote. Um, and then we kind of had some stragglers and one vote each, and we kind of had to decide on that. Um, but The Night Before, which, again, is a more recent film, and I'm going to let Butler take the lead on this one because uh, he's the one that recommended it to me. So if you want to take us away on The Night Before, Butler. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Fergus. I passionately, passionately love this film. And... It's probably the hardest I've ever laughed in the cinema. Me and Gogan went to see it five oh, years ago. And it's kind of, it's like, you're not, I genuinely wasn't expecting anything other than like, because it's kind of come to that point in his career where like, just going to get a run of the mill set Rogan movie here probably. I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Anthony Mackie's a good actor. Bush, blown away by how funny it is, how constantly funny it is. And I'm always laughing at it. And I'll watch it every Christmas now. Um, we were kind of talking about, as you said, Fergus, about them not making many good Christmas movies post 2000. And I think this is a modern Christmas classic. And as Gogan, mm-hmm. you were saying the other night, um, when we're doing our research, this comes up on nearly every list as like, this is a Christmas film to watch. And it's just, um, as I said, it, it's so funny. Um, and the reason we pick these films at this time is because this is roughly around the time that people are in full swing at their Christmas parties. And this is a film that just makes me want to go out and hit the town. It's very energetic, very fun. Makes you want to go do your 12 pubs, your office Christmas party, whatever. Um, go Before I pass it over to you, um, just a general question for either of you two guys. Do you like your office Christmas parties? I, I used to love them. Um, I haven't worked in a job that, um, like since, since I left my particular job that I loved it in, I was there for four years. I absolutely love them because I work for quite a big company now and like it was always like, you know, black tie, free drink, you know, just like, you know, one year they had these vending, uh, what are they, you know, the claw machines, you love the claw machines, you, you'd like go over, pick up a bear, they'd have a prize attached to it, you'd be winning speakers, this kind of stuff. So it was always very extravagant. I absolutely, it was like the highlights because with the Christmas party, it was like your last day of work as well. You get a half day, go home, suit up, back to some fancy hotel and it was amazing but that's just me <laughs> and that was just that company so it could be shit from from now on but go on, what do you yeah, think 
No, no, to be honest, uh, Ferg, I completely agree. Like, I've been lucky, lucky enough to work in some big, big companies. Uh, and to be honest, it's the one one day of the year I really look forward to. I love a Christmas party. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I love a party. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I look forward to it, especially when, you know, like, I, I've been unfortunate as well that I, I've started one or two jobs when I've only been in the company for a month, so I don't really know the people at the Christmas party, which can kind of be be tricky, but it can be a great time to kind of get out there and, and mm. kind of un- meet the people on your team. But then I've been at some absolutely fantastic parties. But it's the whole kind of the, the best setup about Christmas, you know, like you're – you kind of you can't go a bit, you know. You, you don't want to go too wild, but you can still have a good time with 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 the people that you've worked hard with all year round yeah. and actually get appreciated as well. So it's, uh, yeah. butter. What about yourself? Uh, I know how much you love parties. <laughs> uh, I hate them. <laughs> yeah. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I um. What I normally like, if I can, like, I mean, I, I last year I went for dinner and a few drinks with like five or six people, um, for the night, and that was just fine. I also lucky, luckily, work for a big company and they do the same thing, the black tie and stuff. But I just, um, everyone's quite young that I work with compared to me, and I, um, you know, you just you find yourself in this kind of weird, like, babysitting position. They're all getting up to all sorts of shenanigans and. You know, it's just it won't be, it's not for me anymore. If I I just kind of like the old angry man in the corner at twenty nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the old angry man still in his twenties. Like, but I think it's it's down to it's down to you know who you work with. You know, like I mean, I I had, I had an amazing relationship true. that I that I still have. I still have uh, a very solid group of friends that I had from that job. That like, you know. If I didn't have those people, I don't know if I would have enjoyed the party as much. You know, it's like, oh, this is great, it's very extravagant, loads of money, but you'd probably want to go home early. Like, but you know, it's about it's about the people, and I completely understand you saying like, you know, everyone's a little bit younger than you, you might not enjoy it as much. But yeah, I completely understand. Yeah, and um, I suppose like we we could talk about that all day. Now, that could be a separate episode, Christmas parties, um, well, things we regret in our life. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Ferg, I, I know you mentioned that uh, Butler had recommended this movie to you the, the night before. Is, is there anything yeah. like, I think Butler hit the nail on the head with some of those points there. Is there anything that you feel you should add into this? Because it, it is a classic. Look, just to, just a quick point. Yeah, Butler recommended it. Uh, I hadn't seen this. You uh, didn't see it. I, I hadn't got to see it with you. He recommended a watch at one Christmas. Um, I absolutely love that. I love Seth Rogen. Um again, I was of the idea, I was like, ah, this could be, you know, something not great. It could be one of his later films that kind of, you know, this is why I haven't heard of it or whatever. But um, I just loved it. I loved it. And I love seeing, you know, actors that you might see in most more serious roles, kind of like Justin Gordon, Justin Gordon never being a bit sillier and it working. So I enjoyed that. Like, I think uh, my girlfriend, she's never laughed so hard in her entire life. Um, when his uh, boss, when he's when he's the elf, gone around serving the drinks, and his boss was like more whimsy, and he does the little smile thing. She she broke her whole laughing at that. But it's just it's a nice feel good film, and it's got some random actors yeah. in it like uh, Michael Shannon, who I love. So it's just random to see him as a weed dealer again. So weird, but yeah, it put us right. It's a modern. If you haven't seen it, it's a modern Christmas classic, in my opinion. 
I think you summed it up there perfect. Gogan, um, do you have a favorite scene from it? You want to? I think you it? you you know the favorite scene. I'm setting set you that up we here were, for for a yeah. homer. It's <laughs> home run homer. Um, it's the scene in in the church. Oh um, my god, I I was crying with laughter. I, I again just because I was like, okay, this this movie is has been hilarious so far. I was like. Maybe it'll die down a little bit here, but I put it up there with when I went to see uh, Team America with my dad and your man was getting sick. Me and my dad were crying uh, and laughing stop. out loud so, so much in the cinema that everyone else had stopped laughing. And it was just me and my dad still laughing. I don't think I've laughed like that since that movie. I, I remember like, looking at you and we're both just crying, laughing. Like, Buller, I don't know. Should we explain it to the audience or should we just say, look, if you haven't seen it, Sit down, watch it, and look forward to that scene. Yeah, I say, but it's set. Sorry, it's uh, it's set. Rogan, who was Jewish, obviously, in very high on shrooms, and he's taken in midnight mass with his uh, well-to-do fiance, his family. <laughs> and it's just it's brilliant. It is, yeah. It's just no, we, won't, we won't give we won't give too much away. We won't give too much away. But yeah, I can relate to that scene so, in a way. But um. You're moving Jewish. on, moving, moving Jewish, swiftly yeah. on. Did I tell you I'm circumcised? Um, moving swiftly on um, to a film again, and, and I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen it. Um, so I will, I, I'll, I'll let the lads take a, the lead on this one again. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's not something that I've seen, but it is something that I will watch this Christmas. Butler? Okay. Um... Yeah, I uh, haven't seen it maybe since I was 13 or 14, but what I really, really enjoyed, I put it on my list because uh, it's kind of like, it's one of those movies I saw when I was a kid and I was kind of like, I don't know if this is for kids, but I'm going to sit here, I'm going to enjoy every bit of this. Um, Chevy Chase is great in it. Um, I was watching, trying to just scroll through a few clips before we jumped on, and the opening scene where he's actively trying to cheat on his wife, Gogan, and he's in the, he's in the store and he's kind of making all these uh, double entendres about uh, what is quite nippy in here. I mean nippy in here. And uh, then his uh, his son comes over and just catches him curving on the girl and showing her his she's showing him her tan lines and he's like, you can't see the lines, can you, Russ? No, Dad, you can't. It's um it's uh, it's very funny. Gogan, I think you've probably seen a bit more recently than me though. Do you want to give it a better bit of a yeah? Better? I, I, I... To be honest, it's like I, I know I've said uh, um, for a lot of movies that it's my favorite movie. This is probably one of my dad's favorite movies. Um, I wasn't going to say mine, it's, it's one of my dad's <laughs> favorite movies. Like, I know I've said this before, but this is no. definitively my favorite Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is one of my dad's favorite Christmas movies. I remember we'd watch this. Um, uh, a lot of Christmases, uh, it's just it's so good, like it's. He plays the dad, like, how would you describe it? Like, obviously, if you haven't seen any of the National Lampoon's uh, movies, I would highly advise just to sit down and watch them. This one is probably the best of the bunch. Um, Chevy Chase, as Butler said, is brilliant. But I, I was making a point to you guys when we were taking notes on, on a couple of the movies. Like, I think... It, the family is kind of summed up perfect, you know, like especially around the Christmas time, you, you go to see other families and like sometimes you don't really look forward to, to going to that family, making that journey. And then you might have someone in the family who can't wait to go see them. Like I'd love to see the Irish equivalent of like 
<laughs> of the, the the lampoon family, I suppose. I but, don't know what section your family you're talking about. I am not talking about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Gogan has gone offline. <laughs> um, no, but overall, I, Fergus, I would say if there's any movie for you to watch before, before Christmas, watch this or watch it over the period where you know, we, we oh, lose yeah. track of what, what days it is. It, it, it's yeah. brilliant. No, it's and it, it yeah. still holds up, which is the big thing as well. You know, you could sit down and watch it. I, I don't think there's anything, oh, oh yeah, that's so old. It, I think it really holds up well. Um, and I think, yeah, it, it's it, it's a, it's a, it, it's a classic. Yeah, no, look, I, I think, uh, you know, if anyone else has not that, stop me now, but um, it's something that's going to be on my list for sure. Um, I like Chevy Chase from the uh, Community Days, but this isn't a TV show podcast, so I'll leave that, leave that be. Look, moving on, um, <clears throat> we're going to go to number 10, which was uh, one of our picks. Um, as Gogan said, he picked, uh, sorry, The Great Showman. Uh, when we had some films left over that weren't picked by three people, that wasn't like intentionally me trying to like go like, yeah, The Great Showman. I was just burping as I was drinking my beer. Um we all we all had like you know uh, as I said three films that we all picked uh, sorry a film that three of us picked a film that two of us picked and then we had some slots left that we had to kind of decide on this was Butler's pick um, and I know I've, I've pushed it on to you a few times Butler but I think it's a film we've all seen but because this was your pick to go into it I'm going to go straight to you with Catch Me If You Can sure um, well look Catch Me If You Can is probably one of my favourite films just in general Love the music, love the acting. It's so good. And it's a sneaky Christmas film because it starts at Christmas, it ends at Christmas. Throughout the film, DiCaprio calls Tom Hanks' character on Christmas Day. For anyone who hasn't seen it, Leonardo DiCaprio plays like this 16-year-old runaway called Frank Abagnale Jr., who becomes a con artist when his kind of family life falls apart. And Tom Hanks is the FBI agent assigned to kind of track him down and kind of spans a few years over the 60s. Um Without getting too heavy, what I like about this film is there's so many films that we have on this list that kind of show the, the perfect Christmas family. Everyone's kind of sitting around having the turkey or whatever. Catch Me If You Can shows like a family or the fallout of a family being torn apart and how it affects someone and how kind of Christmas can just make that time worse for someone. Like DiCaprio calls Tom Hanks at every Christmas because it's making him more depressed and he's basically saying, please catch me because my life's in ruins and Christmas seems to highlight that for him. And then at the end, he kind of tries to find his way back to his mother in it and she's moved on completely and that's at Christmas. And then he just, he just gives up being chased. He just says to Tom Hanks, just like, just take me to prison. Um, so that's kind of why I have it in there as a Christmas pick and it's super entertaining as well, which just kind of like leads us on to first saying our next kind of group of, films that we have but I can't talk highly enough about this film um what do you guys think of it yeah I would um I'd to be honest I completely agree with you um I think DiCaprio is great in this movie I think he's kind of underrated in a sense I think he's kind of forgotten about in Catch Me If You Can um the more you watch it the better it gets I watched this again first time I was like hmm Get, take it or leave it and then it was on uh, she was on TG Car you know the classic uh, channel for playing these movies but geez it, it's absolutely brilliant and there's some great scenes where you know he escapes away from Tom Hanks and 
yeah, o- overall, I-, I think it's a great movie. Ferg, any any further points to make on it? Ah, just that I agree. I mean, look, um, I wouldn't have uh, realised that I was a person. It's one of those ones, maybe I think Butler said the thing about maybe Batman. Um, I-, I wouldn't have remembered it, yeah. that it was at Christmas. That's like, you know, it's not the point that stuck out with me. Oh, it's at Christmas, end of Christmas. I never would have caught that, but um, look, it's a great film. It's DiCaprio. DiCaprio is fantastic, and uh, even if you're not going to watch it this Christmas, watch it sometime. Um, he's the perfect person to play that kind of cheeky con man, young guy. Uh, I just love DiCaprio in general. I just think he's he's one of these people that can he, he can play a character very seamlessly. There's it, a, a real natural vibe to whoever he plays it just seems like you're watching a real person rather than actually someone playing someone but yeah i mean look i'll leave it there but like yeah i highly recommend it not just for christmas but anytime catch me if you can not just for christmas you know <laughs> for the rest of the year as well jesus don't bring the dogs into this yeah <laughs> not just for christmas <laughs> every night of the year if you don't have an award for him ready in your house you're not allowed to have him don't don't expect to have him there. Um, but look, we'll, we'll we'll move we'll move on. And um, um, uh, Gogan's going to lead us into our next section. But before we get into our next section, um, we're going to chat about uh, another little mini segment. Favorite Christmas songs because it is Christmas. Uh, Buller, I want to know what your favorite Christmas songs. As as a person who who has a love hate relationship with Christmas, I I'd, I would love to know what gets you in the mood. Um, so I'm just, I'm scrolling through because I actually one scrolling thing I've, through that is scrolling through. Actually, actually, we, we you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through because were, were you saying I'm scrolling through because I actually hate no, because uh, the one thing I like about Christmas is Christmas songs. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to name any the super obvious ones because um, I'm going to go into a bit more, maybe a few niche ones. Um, Darlene Love has two great Christmas songs. <laughs> She's a, a Motown singer from the 60s. Christmas and All Alone for Christmas. Um, I recommend both of them. I love The Power of Love by Frankie Hollywood. Oh yeah, belter of a song. Another one I have got a good appreciation for in recent years: "Mistletoe and Wine" by Cliff Richard. Maybe in my old oh, man cardigan days, but in I your twenty nine year old days, um, <laughs> love any. I do. I love. I love. Um, I'm not particularly. I'm not a religious person, but I love choirs and I love kind of, you know, um, this is a good choir and I love the choir song "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." I really, I really enjoy that. And you can kind of get a little, anyone who's listening to this can kind of get into a bit of like what my Christmas is like, you know, with a glass of wine and my cardigan in the dark, listening to these choir songs. Can I imagine you are like one of those Whis- Whiskey in hand. Like a, a microwave dinner. Yeah, a microwave dinner, watching Zodiac. Um, yeah. <laughs> and look, the last two, so I could, I could go on name a lot of these here, but um, I love A Spaceman Came Travelling by Krista Bauer. And um, a recent one, not a recent one, but a recent one I, I like, um, Please Come Home for Christmas by John Bon Jovi. It's great as well. Gogan, what, do you, uh, what sticks out for you? Uh, like straight away, Wham! Last Christmas is just a belter. Like, I don't care what, what you say. Put that on. Boom. 100%. We're having a party. Put that on. Someone's just, shooting just, from a bell tower. It's fucking terrible. Uh, what are you talking about? Gogan, it's so repetitive. Come on. Oh, 
Oh, it's the dairy milk. It's the dairy milk selection box of the song. You're just a guy not a someone who's from Crumman. Uh, yeah. You've grand illusions of yourself. <laughs> yeah, drinking your drinking your seven euro wine from fucking Mace. Nine euro. But anyway, well, go on, go. Um, Don't let him interrupt yeah. you. Look, Sorry, one go last go. Christmas. Yeah. It, it's absolutely fantastic. Don't care what you say. I love when you're on a night out. You know, your friends around Christmas time having a few drinks, you get to that tipsy stage. Wham last Christmas comes on. Here we go. Everyone on the dance floor. The night has the night has begun in terms of you're not leaving that dance floor until the Christmas songs come off. Next song I probably have, it, it's a classic, a bit controversial at the moment. Fairy Tale of New York. That one I'd probably agree with you, Butler, in a sense, it is overplayed, but if you if you do manage to go without listening to it too much. It is. It is a classic. It's probably uh, the best one. Like yeah, it's it, it, it's it is just so one. good. Yeah, it's so good to be singing with your friends as well. I think you know it's a it, in a group of your friends. Again, you're in that tipsy state. You don't have to be tipsy, but it, it also helps because you tend to sing a little bit louder. But um, that's that one. And then I have um, probably to be honest, I could give you a list. Like a fall on this, but I kind of wanted to keep it the tree. Uh, and to be honest, I can't remember who sings this one. It's uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, oh, Shaking Stevens, Shaking Stevens, yeah, that's it. Sorry, that's it. It came to me there at the end, but come on, Butler, you have to like that. I love that song, I love it. There we go, there we go. There, well, look, Whatever happened to Shaking pass... Stevens, my question. Pa- yeah, actually, you're probably still living off the song, truth be told. Me, yes. Um... <laughs> if anyone who's uh, who's listening to this, I've got I've got the shakes, the hippie hippie shakes. Fergus, I what's uh, what, uh, um, what do you like? I I I will uh, champion first of all too that Gogan said I'm a big um, a Wham fan in general. Um, you know, Club Tropicana, um, but uh, I completely agree. I mean, Last Christmas is an absolute banger. Like even like the opening. Ding, I'm not going to sing it because I'm bad. But um, I also agree, Made Quit, Merry Christmas Everyone, Shake Stevens is a big one for me. Um, all the, all, like, if I was to go on to ones that I... There's, there's so many. Um, uh, Wizard. Oh, class. You know? Yeah. Cause no, 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 that's, that's not... That's... Uh, that's um, Slide. Oh, it is! It is. <clears throat> I make this mistake every Christmas. <laughs> Wizard is. Wizard is. I wish it could be Christmas. And Slade is. Um, yeah. What? What Slade? Slade is. Uh, um, you hanging all your stockings on the wall. The one they always play in extenders uh, after Phil Mitchell's been almost murdered. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and and Wizard, as you said, is uh, is the other one which I which I do love. Um, because I love the ends. Like give your love. Um, love Wizard, love Slade. Um, but I was I was in the shop earlier on. I know it's such a it's such a cliche one to say. Um, but I was in the, I was in there earlier on. And I was getting my beer for the podcast. Um, we drink on this podcast, and um, I haven't I haven't heard any Christmas songs yet. I haven't heard any of them. Wow. As I said, I love Wizard. I love Slade. Um, I love Wham. I love Shaking Stevens. And I was in there, and I was trying to decide on which beer I wanted. And um, Band Aid came, or Band Aid or Live Aid came on. And I didn't even realize. 
Oh, of course, the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, the eighties one. Uh, not the American. I, I'm pretty sure Band Aid is the is is the one that everyone loves. And then there was a uh, is it Live Aid was the American version. Um, I feel that they tried to do and it was crap. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I was in there and I was I was buying me beers and it might have been because it was the first. I love it anyway, but it might have been because it was the first Christmas song I've heard this year. But I was buying me beers and I just felt myself bopping away and tapping my foot and I wasn't even registering what I was listening to and I was like oh my god yes yeah yeah I love it and tapping, then you tapping and then you, your visa yeah yeah and then you think about it there you are tapping your visa buying your beer um and you're like this song is actually about starving people in Africa um yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? you're enjoying yourself uh yeah, but look no it's great point. it's got it's very sad like who doesn't love that song who doesn't Love that song. Um, if I was to put maybe just one more in there, um, it's not. I wouldn't really class it that much as a, as a Christmas song, um, but it has to be. And and uh, argue away if we have any fans. Argue away in the comments or if we put up any polls or anything. But fight me if you don't think that uh, Jeff Buckley's version of Alleluia is the only version that you should be listening to. Uh, if you like Leona Lewis, um, I don't need you listening to my podcast, personally. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a mainly listener. Although Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen, no. I mean, he wrote, again, I understand the significance of it, but like, I don't like listening to Leonard Cohen. It's already like a Christmas it. song, though, is it? Well, no, I'm but just it's, going it's, to always, jump in it's always played around. That's what I said, it's always played around Christmas time, though. It's not technically a Christmas song, but it is. Hallelujah is better than And I wonder why the suicide rates are higher at the holidays if they're playing that all the time. Jesus. But listen, yeah, come on. it's a beautiful to, song. Jeff Buckley play, plays it beautifully. But look, if you're looking for a song to G up, my toss-up is between what Gogan said. It's probably uh, Wham or oh, probably maybe Slade. Oh, yeah, Slade, Wizard, anything from the 80s is great. Cliff Richard, not a big fan. But I'll leave it at that. And- Coming up next, we'll talk about our movies from the 11th up until the 15th.